was the reaction from everybody, everybody else like? They were just happy to have me back. They've been really wanting me back all year. So for them to have me back now is they love it. <laughs> this is the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing. Now here's your hosts, Paul Fritchner and Adam Baum, with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Welcome back to this episode of the Sean Miller Podcast. As always, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsors at Deer Park Roofing. And if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on social media at Sean Miller Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Today is a very special episode. We are joined by Jerome Hunter alongside the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller, of course, and Adam Baum over on the other side. Jerome, it is great to be with you here. Uh, You've been through so much over the last few months. Um, I hope you're doing well, and it's great to see you here uh, returning to practice and, and kind of getting back into the swing of things. So I'd like to start by just asking how you're feeling and uh, how everything's going right now. Uh, right now, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm glad to be back out there with my, uh, with my teammates and uh, it's been a long journey, but and I ain't never think I was going to get back to this point, but <clears throat> I'm back. So this is a great feeling for me. Coach, I know watching Jerome last year and this journey that he's been on, spends a couple of years at Indiana and then comes here and it's played for different coaches, both at Indiana and now at Xavier and just so much that he's been through in his career to now have to go through this experience with the health journey, but trying to make it back to a playing ability. What's this been like for you to watch him try to overcome all of that? Well, it's been very difficult uh, on a number of different levels uh, and, and yet uh, very inspiring on, on some others. And, you know, to, to listen to him say things like, I'm just thankful to be back or excited to be back. You know, those are words and phrases that I think three months ago, four months ago, six months ago, that we were just like hoping that one day we could say those or hear him say that, you know. But what I like to do is, you know, just kind of categorize our conversation here with Jerome in a couple parts. And, you know, Paul, the first thing is I'd love to return back to a year ago when, you know, we had a coaching change here at Xavier. I became the new coach and Jerome and I were getting to know each other in the summer, first in the spring and the summer. And he had a really good summer. He got into the fall. Everybody, when they talked to me about Jerome last year, they talked to me about him in these glowing terms, right? He was a terrific player. He was my my favorite Xavier player. But I think the real story a year ago for him was how it began, how it started to go, and then what it became. If I just judged Jerome on last year, let's not even get to what happened this summer right away. You know, I'll use him and already, and I already have as an example of what college basketball is really about. Watching a player embrace a role, grow it, become a great teammate, become a leader, and become a leader, a great teammate, and a really good player all in the same year. And, you know, I I guess one of the things that I wanted to ask Jerome is, when you think back to a year ago, Jerome, and you think back to last fall or last November, when we were just beginning as a team and your role was probably different at the beginning than it once grew into, what do you think of? Um, I just knew the past couple of the previous years I've been in college, um, I just couldn't figure out what I was good at. Like I came into college playing guard when in high school I never played guard, so they wanted to develop me to a guard. And then some years I played the four and so 
um, you coming in, that really, you really gave me something to do on the court. Like, <clears throat> when I was on the court before, I just didn't know what to do. Like, I had to shoot threes one year. Some years they wanted me to just score, and I didn't know what that meant, like, at the time. But you coming in told me three things, rebound, hit the open three when I'm open, and uh, play as hard as I can. I mean, can't get more simple than that. And so I think just having, like, a plan coming into the season and just um, trying to build a better relationship with the coaching staff just because my previous years just hasn't been good just because I didn't want to buy in all the way. And so this this past year, that's what I decided to do. And then having like somebody like Jack Nunji and Kobe, who was the same person every day. And that was like my example that I looked at every day. And I'm like, I started figuring it out. Like, okay, they're the same person every day. This is what Coach Ben asked me to do. And so if I do this, I'm going to see what happens. And so me doing that worked out in a tremendous way. And I... I just thank Coach for it, if really being honest. You know, Rome, the older coaches and kind of like my mentors and people like when I was younger, they would talk about players they've coached and different things. Sometimes you hear it in football. And mm -hmm. I think like your advice, like right there to a young player in any sport, don't try to be great at everything. Mm -hmm. Figure out what it, what it is that you can do well. Impact winning. And then the next phase is, Grow it. Doesn't like you don't have to stay the same, but once you establish this is what I can really do well to help my team win, and now I'm going to add to it or make that even better and grow it. It's like a, the greatest example because it's really what me and you talked about. It's not about making threes. It's mm -hmm. about like this is the role that you have. You got to do it. I'm gonna hold you to it. You hold yourself to it. Be consistent with who you are every day, and it's like. One week became a month, a month became two. And the next thing you know, you were driving, you were scoring, you were defending the other team's best player. We didn't even talk about defense. And I feel it right now without you being out there that you took that badge and said, okay, who on the other team is big forward wing? Coach, give me the assignment. Mm -hmm. And then you added to what you were doing offensively and you became what I thought was our team's best overall defensive player for most of the year, you know? And uh, we miss that right now. <laughs> but uh, I, I think when I think back to you a year ago, taking that role, making it simple, being consistent, growing it, and the impact you had on our season, it's one of the big reasons we were a Sweet 16 team. The Sean Miller Podcast is brought to you by our trusted friends at Deer Park Roofing. Protect what's important with Deer Park Roofing's industry-leading training, expert attention to detail, and responsive service. From commercial and residential replacements to roof repairs, gutters, and more, request a free estimate today at DeerParkRoofing.com. That's DeerParkRoofing.com. Jerome, you know what I remember about last year? I remember the reaction that you would get in this building from everything that you just talked about, about taking on a role and becoming the player that you wanted to become and the reaction that people gave you when they noticed it becoming a real thing. And you sort of, I don't know, just taking it on every day. It was really cool to see. And, and I remember the, uh, a game that a lot of people remember is that, that Kennesaw state game. 
I think uh, Xavier's NCAA tournament might be it might have been a lot shorter if not for Jerome <laughs> Hunter. That was a pretty cool game. <laughs> yeah, that game. Uh, I just was like, we just got here. I ain't never been to the tournament before, <laughs> and I'm like. We just got here. Like, we can't lose the first game. It don't even, like, Coach, he was saying, like, it don't even mean nothing if y'all get here and lose that first game because all the next games is where the where the money is. So it's like, I, we needed that one real bad. We talked in the fall about the tournament. I don't know if you remember this, Rome. And I said, you know, fellas, look, sometimes you get in a tournament. <clears throat> you could be on a Thursday instead of a Friday. You might have the noon game. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, if you're not ready at 8 a.m. that day and you play the noon game on Thursday in the NCAA tournament it's and you're not dirt. ready and you're out, it literally <laughs> makes you feel like you didn't make the tournament. And I'll be damned when they saw when they put us up there. I think that's exactly what it was, right? Because, yeah. you know, at noon, it's like no one's in the stands until the second half. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, the game's on you so fast. The tournament hasn't even begun. And uh, sure enough, you know, you get down deep late in the game. Uh, it's a weird feeling, but... You know, thankfully, guys like Jerome kept fighting until the end, and we ended up having a great win. And that Owl's chance just seared in everybody's brain back <laughs> from that game. But I think you, when you look back at that game, just to kind of tie a bow on that, I mean, your and one with whatever it was, 10 or 11 minutes left in that mm-hmm. game was the start of the run that mm-hmm. then that got you going offensively. It turned up the defensive intensity for the rest of that game, and that started the entire run that set the table for the rest of that game. Uh what what was that? Did you recognize that in the moment and realize, hey, guys, all right, it's go time now? Because up until that point, it just didn't seem like it. But from that point on, it was a completely different team. Um, that's what's funny because some games, like my big games this year, I mean, last year, I didn't really expect, like, I didn't really come into that game like I'm about to score this many, I'm about to shoot this many times. I just feel like the game was just coming to me, and that's what that game was like. The shots, the shots I was getting was just falling in my lap. And, and during the tournament, our problem during that tournament was we just playing real good defense. We just couldn't score the ball because um, our main scorers just wasn't scoring a lot. And so um, that's it. Like, um, the ball was just finding me. Like, all my good games, if you just look back at it, like, it's all off um, pocket passes or somebody find, getting an assist or I'm wide open underneath the rim or I'm ducking in, like, Everything just came easy, and so I'm, I can't really even explain but, it. But Rome, I mean, but you, to get to get that, you're playing a team game, right? Mm-hmm. Our team a year ago led America in assists. Not a lot of people know that. So you're playing in a game where you, your team gets more assists than every single team that plays college basketball. We were an unselfish group. Your screens, you know, your roles. You playing a team game. You. You embracing the role that, that we talked about, all that plays into it. And you're caught up in the moment. And the next thing, like you said, the ball finds you, you know, <laughs> not to mention you're playing your heart out defensively. But mm-hmm. I think the role that you carved out and being the consummate team player that you were a year ago was as big of an ingredient on last year's team as any we had. And, and obviously that leads us to we were transitioning from a year ago this spring we knew we were losing a lot of guys, right? And you and Zach were coming back. Mm-hmm. I think, I'll never forget the meeting we had, and we talked about expanding your game, mm-hmm. taking these next six months and really shooting the ball more than you ever have and, like, taking that daily process that you really got down pat and adding to it 
mm-hmm. so that we gave you even more flexibility in our offense. And uh, not a lot of people know this, but in the months of April, May, and I think most of June, I don't know if you ever worked harder on your mm-hmm. offensive game, shot the ball more than you shot in those months. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were shooting, how many shots a day would you say you were shooting? I probably was getting about, <clears throat> BJ made sure I got about 400 makes a day, sometimes 500 if, he, if I was filling up to it, but yeah, no more, no less than 300 makes a day. <laughs> and take me all day, Jerome. <laughs> it would it would have taken him all day, but he, he again, I think the improvement we were seeing was really, really exciting. The Sean Miller Podcast is proud to partner with Payroll Partners, where you're not just a number. That means providing a best-in-class HR and payroll experience that was built on award-winning technology and live support customer service with a dedicated payroll specialist who's just a phone call away. You shouldn't have to choose between technology and customer service. At Payroll Partners, you get both. Payroll Partners is locally owned and operated by a proud Xavier alum. For more information or to request a free demo, visit payrollpartners.net. That's payrollpartners.net. We talked about last year. We talked about, okay, we had our meeting and building towards this year. You had these couple months where you're really working hard. You're in summer school, getting ready to graduate, and you're about ready to have the last year of college basketball, carving out and growing your role even bigger. And then... Um, so <clears throat> this summer when I was, um, I'm just working out as normal, uh, working out every day. Uh, I'm doing a lot of open gyms, a lot of like summer leagues and stuff. And, um, just one day I'm in a summer league game and I'm, my chest just, it just start hurting. Just, I, I won't say it was hurting like to the point where I was like about to pass out or anything, but I still played the full game, came back to school the next day. We practiced. I practiced, got my shots up, but it was still something funny. And so um, the more I kept working out, the more I kept realizing, like, this is not normal. And so I kept telling the trainers and stuff, like, um, something's not right. And so the next day, um, they scheduled me a doctor's appointment. And um, I went in there, and they took some tests on me. And um, Remember the date, Jerome? June? It was June 28th. June 20th. That's when I had this. Mm, yeah. yeah. And so I went into the doctor. Um, they took some blood tests on me, and they found out I was having, like, a heart attack right then and there. And so that's when they took me to the doctor, the real, the hospital, and um, they um, put a stent in to make sure everything was fine, and um, they cleared it. They cleared everything that was blocked. And um, ever since, I mean, now um, they're still trying to figure out what's going on, but... Um, it's just a work in progress. So if I go back, I think a couple of things are important. Um, because, you know, you're in the middle of the summer or the mm-hmm. beginning of the summer. Think about how that feels. Hot outside. There's not a lot of people at school. Mm-hmm. All of us, although we work out every day, we're not together as much as we normally are. Like you said, you're, you're bouncing back between home. You're allowed to go home and school. I think that your communication was really important. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it could have been easier, or not easier, but just logical for you to just brush it off. And what's crazy is, so I had my three little brothers staying with me at the time, and 
I mean, I felt the pain, but I wasn't going to say nothing because I just thought I was having like, it was asthma or I, I had heartburn or something. But one day after practice, I just did not feel good. Like I'm throwing up and I'm just laying in bed. My chest hurt. My little brother just was all looking at me like, you okay? And so one of my little brothers left, his name's Solomon. He left and he called my mom just so I wouldn't know. And um, he called my mom like something wrong with me. Like he just laying in bed, not moving and stuff. And so <clears throat> when he called my mom, my mom called one of the assistant coaches, Adam Cohen. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Adam Cohen told Connor. Yep. And then what's crazy is when I got to the gym that day, I saw Connor and I didn't even think of to tell him that my chest has been hurting. And then that's when Coach Cohen saw me and was like, Jerome, you don't have anything to tell Cohen? I mean, not Cohen, um, Connor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my chest has been hurting. And But, yeah, my little brother is the one that, because I don't think I would have said anything right. personally, yeah. but my little brother is the one that no got doubt. it all going. And, and Connor Barnes is our yeah. trainer, and, mm -hmm. and Adam Cohen is the assistant coach. And I'm, I'm for me, I'm, I'm both – I don't even know what word to really say. Proud is probably the wrong term, but everybody took what, what Jerome mm -hmm. said and said, okay, we're going to act on it. You know, sometimes, again, we're in the summer. Well, well, we'll schedule that appointment for next week. Maybe maybe next week. See how you feel the next couple of days mm -hmm. and, then, and then go, I remember this vividly, Jerome. When you went to the hospital, we actually had a team practice later that day. Mm. And... You know, you think about, I'm sure you would have been in that practice and gone yeah, to the practice. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, who knows what would have happened or what could have happened. Thank God that that the communication was big, mm -hmm. that you communicated, your mom communicated, your brother communicated, Coach Cohen, Connor acted, you got to the hospital, the doctors did a great job. Right. And that's the first phase. And, and I think that the other part of it is, <clears throat> this isn't like, you know, an ACL repair where mm -hmm. you get, it fixed and you're like, okay, here's my next step. This is more serious. And I think that, you know, for, for you, you know, there's been a lot of really important hurdles since that initial surgery mm -hmm. that you had to be able to clear. And now that happened on June 28th. We're almost at Christmas now. You start to count the months up. I think we're approaching maybe one of your final hurdles mm -hmm. Uh, where I think your medicine changes and you almost get another clearance. So you're cleared to start resuming activity on the court, in mm -hmm. the weight room, everything non-contact. And I think what we're hopeful for is this final hurdle where you start to get cleared for contact. Right. Is that is that correct? Yep. Um, yep. Just one more test to do. And that test is just going to determine whether if everything's functioning well, no more blockages and every, how the stint is healing. And then after that test, that should determine whether I'm back or it depends on what they want to do. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this, uh, now is this something that you're going to have to monitor for the rest of your life, I presume? No, I mean, I'm talking to the doctor. They say it's not, um, they fixed the problem. They just still don't know what caused it. So it's like, they still want me to be cautious, but it's like, they don't, they yeah. don't know. And so um, I don't, I don't think my, Connor, my trainer, he doesn't think that I'm going to have to monitor it for long, but I think just to be on the safe side, I think we yeah. should. Coach, yeah. I am curious. This is such a unique situation, and it's so scary. I mean, I'm, I'm around the team every day. Paul's around the team every day. This is quite literally the first time 
that we've gotten an understanding of exactly what it is that happened to you. And like, what's that moment like when someone calls you or you find out, hey, you know, they're taking Jerome into surgery? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really undescribable, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, the, the other part is, number one, you worry about just is pure health. And it's great, like he said, number one thing for us to talk about is that Jerome's surgery was successful and that the problem was identified and now he's able to move on in life. And we're very optimistic he's going to return to the court and he's going to play next year and have a great last year. You know, I think that's where all of our optimism is. He has a lot of hurdles that he's cleared that make us feel that that's going to be, be the case. But I think the other thing that's really hard to describe to people is when you see somebody Jerome's age and he starts to think about life without basketball, that's not an easy thing. No. Mm -hmm. That's not one of those, I'm good. It's such a big part of young people's lives and they've worked since they've been 12 years old, 10 years old, and they have goals and dreams. And you think about when he's describing what he did for our team and the success our team had. And now he wants to build and grow on that success and leave Xavier to have a pro career and someone to say, well, no, 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 you can't play basketball again. That's not something that he takes lightly. And to see that in his eyes, that's really hard. Yeah. You know, that's hard. And uh, that's why I think, you know, we're so excited and happy because we feel like, He's going to be able to continue to play the game that he loves and uh, and to see that joy on his face. And when he came back to practice the other day, and by the way, he practiced for about six minutes. <laughs> Maybe six minutes. <laughs> he got a standing ovation from his teammates, and that was, an awesome, awesome. That was really an awesome moment. It was. But it was like he was out there for two and a half hours. No, he wasn't. He was out there for a quick up and back three times. Uh, but he's growing it, he's building it, and it's great to have him around. <laughs> what, what was the reaction from everybody else like they were just happy to have me back they've yeah. been really wanting me back all year and so for them to have me back now is they love it <laughs> the sean miller podcast is brought to you by deer park roofing and their company motto is protect what's important deer park is not just another storm chasing roofing company they're invested in your community and truly care about the people in it. You can trust them to do the job right. Deer Park has highly trained professional technicians who make sure your residential or commercial roofing system is installed correctly and quickly. For a free estimate, visit DeerParkRoofing.com today. That's DeerParkRoofing.com. Welcome back to the Sean Miller podcast, still joined by Jerome Hunter. Uh, and, and Jerome, we've gotten to hear so much about your story now, but you're playing a different role on this team, but I would argue still as important a role as, as you can play right now, given what you're able to bring with experience and being able to share with these guys that haven't played as much together as, you know, 10 new players. We've talked about it so much. Only one returning player on this team. What do you feel like your role is with this group, given the fact that you're still traveling, you're still on the bench, you're still around every day? Uh, that's been the hardest thing for me right now is just because I'm not playing with them. I'm not out there on the floor with them or I'm not in the game with them. So I feel like things that I could say to them 
they won't really listen to me or really understand just because I'm not out there fighting with them every day. But I feel like now that I'm out there on the court now and they see me out there back and now they see me coming back, I think they'll start to listen to me and start to look at me for things that they need help with because I can show them now and I could be more active and involved into it. You know, Rome, I, I think like moving forward, we've talked about the past, talked about this summer, where you're at right now. But I think the most important thing is, you know, part of this deal is to graduate, graduate mm -hmm. from a great university, Xavier University. Uh, you know, that's never easy. I don't care who you are academically when you get through the course load, class after class, day after day. And, and in particular, you know, changing one university to the next sometimes complicates that. Think about this summer, what he went through this fall, what he's gone through. That doesn't make life easier as a student, but uh, you're close to graduating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I graduate this spring coming up. Um, uh, it's been a long time since I've been stretching it out for as long as I can, but now it's finally, it's finally time to graduate, and um, I'm excited. Well, you have that for the rest of your life, and mm -hmm. then I think the other part is returning to activity in the new year, having a great winter. I know we're a long, long way from the spring and summer, but having a great spring and summer, picking up where you left off. And and I, I'm going to tell you, next year, we're going to be talking around this time, probably getting ready for the Crosstown shootout. Mm -hmm. and you're going to be on the court, and we're all going to be laughing about all the different things that, that you've gone through, that we've gone through together, and and here we are. And uh, you know, I can't wait to have you back. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, I can't wait for you to come back either. <laughs> and you know what? I think I think what I really want to impress upon people who may be listening to this or watching this is a lot of times people equate Jerome Hunter and everyone else who puts that jersey on your your entertainment to them. You know, maybe mm -hmm. they love Xavier, they love watching you play, they love the team and the program, but this is a great example of how you're also a human being <laughs> and there's stuff going on behind the scenes that has nothing to do with the game of basketball that ultimately impacts what happens on that court. And I think it's an important reminder for people that, you know, that there's a lot more going on to your life than just basketball. And, and we appreciate you coming on here and sharing that with us. You have no problem, man. I'm yeah. glad to be on here. And I do want to give a, a shout out to one of our listeners. He's, he's eight years old. I figured this would be the, a great episode to do this. Um, a lot of people are familiar with Andy Mack Williams, Xavier legend, Hall of Famer, responsible for the most legendary radio call in Xavier history. Um, but his grandson, Andrew Banerjee, is, is eight years old. He just recently, they just recently found out he had a plum-sized tumor on his brain. He loves Xavier. He loves basketball, much like his grandpa. Um, and he went through a 16-hour surgery to have this thing removed, and they recently found out that it's benign. So Awesome. Yeah, it, it was great, great to hear it, and I, I wanted to bring it up on this show because, you know, I know he loves to watch this show and listen to it, and I figured, like, with Jerome's story, you know, it's another example of sometimes life throws unexpected stuff at you, and, uh, and I think, you know, a lot of people can probably learn something from – the way you've handled this and your road back to basketball. I know a lot of people can't wait to see you on that court next year. You know, Rome, the one, I'll, I'll close it up with this too. You know, your story is inspiring on a lot of levels. It was inspiring based on what you accomplished on the court last year, identifying your role, 
growing it, being an unbelievable teammate in, in a winning player and how you impacted everybody from the crowd to your teammates, et cetera. And now you have this setback over the summer. And, uh, but I, I think that the one thing that you represent and it'll help you for the rest of your life as well. Sometimes the best class you took in college is the sport you play. Not because of all the good things you get with it, but man, all the things you have to overcome. And when you consider the injuries you've had, even prior to being here at Xavier, overcoming surgeries, overcoming it, it's like you've overcome so many things that there's just really nothing in my mind that you can't overcome in the future. And it's like, you're going to work for a company. You're going to have a family. You're going to move on in life. And you're going to see different things pop up that's going to affect others. And you're going to look at him and say like, no, no, no. I've been there. You don't understand. You can trust me. Don't ever give in, right? Mm -hmm. Always keep hopeful. Stay, stay true to yourself. Work at it every day. You'll be surprised mm -hmm. at the results. And I think you embody all those qualities. So appreciate you being on the Sean Miller podcast. Only Bob Nungy's turned me down. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep fighting to keep keep that streak alive. All right. Yeah, thank you for having me, y'all. <laughs> thanks, Jerome. And, and thanks as always to our presenting sponsor, Deer Park Roofing, to all of our sponsors that help make this show possible. Uh, and we'll see you next time on the Sean Miller Podcast. This has been the Sean Miller Podcast, presented by Deer Park Roofing, with your hosts, Paul Fritschner and Adam Bound. Join us again soon for another episode with the head coach of the Xavier Musketeers, Sean Miller. Sean Miller.